Welcome to Crossing Over, a conversation where we look and listen with curiosity for God's presence in the stories of sacred scripture and in our own lives. I'm Sarah Nichols. And I'm Daniel Lucas. Good morning. Good morning. How you doing? Good. I'm looking at that text I sent you last night, the video from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. What does one doll plus one doll equal? We'll tell you at the end. <laughs> we are getting a late start this morning because uh, it's October 31st and we had snow last night. Yep. And wind. Oh, yeah. And people forget how to drive. When I was driving here, I was on a residential main thoroughfare with a double yellow line and it was going to school. It was going to, it was going to like a high school, junior high, middle school, like combo space right there's a football field in the middle and on yeah. either side and you know how insane parents are when they're doing drop-off pickup so yeah. i'm driving in like my the seventh lane. circle of hell yep yeah yep i'm driving in my lane and coming tearing down in my lane is a car passing the, the, the major weight for them to get in it and it i mean almost i did i did afterwards think oh man new car I should have just let them hit me because it would have been totally their fault. They're in my lane, yeah. crossing double lines, passing cars. Right. Bad decisions in, in good weather conditions Right, would have been a bad decision. So, yeah. There's a, uh, a breakdown in people's ability to drive on the first time it snows every year here in Minnesota. It's quite astonishing, actually. It's just a breakdown in that life. <laughs> I was going to say. So, anyway, yeah. here we are talking about the weather. As good Minnesotans do. That's right. Okay, so we're done with Ruth. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're done with Ruth. We 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 journeyed into Proverbs Trente Uno, thirty one. Right? Did I say that one? Yeah, yeah. I got it right. And now we're gonna do Exodus. Exodus. Why not Genesis? Because you wanted to do Exodus. Because I'm feeling exodial. I had just been thinking about, like, where do you start the story? Like, the arguments about when you're going to watch Star Wars, where do you start? Or the... Chronicles of Narnia. Chronicles of Narnia. And um, I'd been reading some, you know, taking in some different things. And um, not that I necessarily agree with it, but there's a... The idea sort of floats around in some circles. That Genesis is sort of functions as a prequel. That Exodus is, you know, the start of the story. Um, which, you know, cool, fun. Fine. Mm-hmm. Um but we're going to do Exodus, we're going to do it as we do it. So yeah. no big chunks, just part by part yeah, or word by word. Word by word. Phrase by phrase, yeah. letter by letter. We shall see. I assume we'll go faster in some parts and slower in others. And yeah, we'll see where the text takes us. Yeah. Well, uh, should we read a chunk and yeah. and start? Is there, I don't know, maybe just read and then we can... We can do the context as, because it kind of does the context for us. Sure. All right. You want to read or should I? Yeah. Okay. I can read. Um, I'm reading from Fox's translation, which has more of the Hebrew pronunciations of the names. So if it sounds weird, it doesn't match your translation. That is why. Um, But I'm not going to try to do the English translation as I'm reading all these names because I'm not that talented. Okay. (laughs) Now these are the names of the children of Israel coming to Egypt. With Yaakov, each man in his household, they came. Reuben, Shimon, Levi, and Yehuda, Yisachar, Zebulun, and Benjamin, Dan, and Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. So all the persons, those issuing from Yaakov's loins, were 70 persons. Yosef was already in Egypt. Now Yosef died, and all his brothers and all that generation Yet the children of Israel bore fruit, they swarmed, they became many, they grew mighty in number, exceedingly, yes, exceedingly, the land filled up with them. Now a new king arose over Egypt who had not known Yosef. He said to his people, Here, this people, the children of Israel, is many more and mightier in number than we. Come now, let us use our wits against it, lest it become many more, and then, if war should occur, it too be added to our enemies and make war upon us, or go up out, um, or go up away from the land. So they set a gang captains over it to afflict it with their burdens, 
It built storage cities for Pharaoh, Pitom, and Ramses. But as they afflicted it, so did it become many. So it did burst forth, and they felt dread before the children of Israel. So they, Egypt, made the children of Israel subservient with crushing labor. They embittered their lives with hard servitude in loam and in bricks and with all kinds of servitude in the field, all their service in which they made them subservient with crushing labor. Mm. Seems like a good place to stop. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. What do you see? Um, I, I think maybe my favorite place to start with, with Exodus when you're doing Exodus is to keep, actually just cue in on these first words, right? These mm-hmm. are the names. Yeah. Because we've got the, the English or the Greek or the, the, the Western, as it were, name is Exodus, which it makes sense. It's a reasonable name for the book. Yeah. They're making an Exodus making an exit, they're leaving. But the Hebrew name is, well, it's always the first word, well, within the first words of it. Yeah, Shemot. Shemot. So it's, it's, it's names. The names. The names. Yeah. Which, do you think makes sense for the book? How do you, how do you feel about that name? Ooh. Yeah, I mean, I, Exodus, like you said, makes a ton of sense. It's the thrust of what the story's about. Yeah. Um, even though it's only a few chapters where the actual Exodus is taking place, but um, but names make sense as well. And it works because this is about a group of people. Um, it's interesting because this one of the transitionary points between Genesis and Exodus is that it goes from being just one family to being a people group. Yeah. Um, but even Exodus starts out naming the people from the small family, from the one family. Well, I mean, 12 kids, maybe that's not a small family, but uh, not by today's standards. But, um, but naming all the children of Jacob as the foundation for the people group of mm-hmm. Israel that is to come forth. So perhaps names helps us remember where they came from. Yeah. And who they are. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like that. I, what ends up happening to me is, and this is something I've acquired later in life. This was not earlier in life. I just would have been like, stupid idea, bad, bad name, <laughs> next. And now I, I, I trust a, a lot more than I used to. The, the, the tradition... Or the things that have come before, I'm less suspicious of it as I've seen, you know, how how disconnecting from com- like community, but community over time, mm-hmm. how how harmful that can be for us. It also can be, you know, it, 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 the, the blade goes both directions. But so I think now, like when I encounter something like this, I go names that doesn't make sense, and instead of going, they're dumb. I go, what don't I see? Yeah. What don't I see yet? And I've also acquired the ability to postpone needing to know. So like Kate texted me this morning randomly about Exodus 3. She was like, why do they get the, why did they plunder? Why do they, why do they take stuff when they're leaving? I usually think of leaving meaning like leaving it all behind. And I was like, well, there's a whole bunch of, it, it, it shows up later in the story. Like when you get further into Exodus, you see that, well, first they make the golden calf with it, which is not what it was meant for. But those are all the things they use to make the um, the tabernacle. Yeah. And and can we suspend like knowing what it means right away and work our way into discovering why has this book been called names besides it's the first you know, the first line of the hymn as, as sort of hymns have been named. Does that make right. sense? Yep. So there's this way in which it's like, well, let's find out what it means that this book is yeah. is called names. Because one of the things we'll discover is that Pharaoh never gets a name. Uh-huh. And like, right, that's a little bit of a, mm-hmm. 
we'll get there, but like there's one of the reasons why you go, why you suspend it, and, you go, you, and then you see it, right? It actually doesn't say to you, full stop, hey, by the way, did you notice that Pharaoh doesn't have a name? But if you can go, why do names matter? And as you study and you listen, you go, oh, Pharaoh's not named. That's right. strange. Yeah. Anyhow. So maybe we pay attention to who's named and who's not named as we read through and consider why. Yeah. And the importance of who is named and who is not named. Yep. Yeah. I think that I, I think that would be both places and people. Right. Well, so. okay. So where are we? <laughs> Perfect. Well, great segue. <laughs> Almost planned. We are in Egypt, which in Hebrew is Mitzrayim. And what does Mitzrayim mean? Narrow place. Yeah. Right. So they're living in narrowness. Yeah. Which geographically makes sense. So while Egypt's current boundaries are bigger, mm. and at times throughout history, possibly even this time, their boundaries were bigger than just along the Nile, the life existed along the Nile. Right. Um, because pre-irrigation, that's the only place life can really be sustained for a larger groups of people. So the, Egypt, the, the Nile is, it is narrow physically. So the land of Egypt is physically narrow. Hmm. And it's spiritually narrow. Right. There's one way to live. Yeah. Hmm. One of my favorite things to, to, it's like I've got these layer of lenses that I read with. Mm-hmm. One of my, so like this name awareness, thinking about like what names mean and how they mean, they have more meaning than what, than it's the sound someone makes to get your attention. Yeah. Right? Like I, the, lots of ways to parse this. The, the, the Jewish tradition has four layers. The, um, oh, come on. What's the acronym? Pardis. Uh, Pardis, Right. I, I just end up t- dealing with it like in two levels. Mm-hmm. There's the outer meaning and there's the inner meaning. Sure. Right. So there's the there's the meaning that Egypt is the narrow place because it's life narrow. Life in that land exists with water, and water is in short supply. There's a river. Yeah. And so life narrowly lives along the corridor of the Nile. Right. But then also it leads to this notion of there's like an inner narrowness to life within Egypt. Mm. Um, the, the Baal Shem Tov, um, I pulled it up here. So he'll say, he teaches that, um, just as the entire nation of Israel experiences exile and redemption. So right, like a surface, Mm -hmm. um, so does every individual. So there's a, there's right. And he'll continue and he says, there are two types of exile. One is physical and one is spiritual. Yeah. And right. And then even that displays this inner outer thing that happens right in 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 the story and it was i i always find it interesting and helpful though to point out that it one chapter before when you're in genesis still egypt has been their salvation the people of jacob do not survive without egypt's intervention so we tend to we tend to only see Egypt as a negative place in the Bible because of, well, mostly because of this. Um, but even this narrow place, God used for a season when it was necessary. Um, but the narrowness also starts with back with Joseph going to to Egypt in the right. first place. And so it is a place of narrowness for, for Joseph, and yet... He builds something from that narrowness. It's not time for him to leave it. It's not his call to leave this narrow place. It's his call to do something within it um, that actually helps Egypt become a place of provision for people all over the world at that, you know, the known world at that time to where his family was able to be saved because of it. So. Even the narrow place can be a good place at times. Yeah, right. I mean, like like a plant. Yeah. You start it off in, in the, an appropriate container or a nursery, right? I mean, you just boundaries, narrowness isn't inherently bad. Right. 
and it is it is narrowness or it's oppression i mean it is they what ends up happening to the people in the land exists between the brothers when they get there mm-hmm. like they're i don't want to say they bring it to egypt like you know um but it exists in them outside of egypt yeah so there's a right there's a narrowness of our souls and of our hearts where we instead of engaging in life-giving ways with and to each other we we oppress and we use and we we're rough with each other right when we this fast forwards quite a few years but into israel's history but they the promised land itself becomes a narrow place for them at different times in their history because of that because of the way they're choosing to live the way they're choosing to treat their brother the way they're choosing to treat the outsiders um how they're worshiping God, even the promised land can become a narrow place that, that, that then they need to leave in order to see. Well, that's the John Which, the Baptist stuff. Well, it's exile. It's John the Baptist. It's, you know, Oh, yeah. You went. Yeah, yeah. Right. Sorry. You went to exile. Yeah. I went to. Yeah. But it's both. And it, right. And it's a constant cycle we live in. Right. Yeah. You can't escape this. Right. I equate this with Matthew and the flight into Egypt, with yeah. um, with you know Mary Joseph and and Jesus, yeah. because like you were just saying, the 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 promised land, the land that was not the narrow place, Canaan, the land flowing with milk and honey, is no longer safe for the life of God. Right. I mean, just that whole thing is fascinating to put into language that when. When Emmanuel shows up, the land, the space, the place is unsafe. Yeah. And not unsafe because of the Egyptians or the Romans. Right. But unsafe because of the king. Yeah. Well, and there, this is a good thing to, and maybe we can play with this a lot as we move through Exodus, but the Exodus story repeats itself again, over and over again in scripture, and especially so in the life of Jesus. Like there, once you've done a deep dive into, into Exodus, you you start to read, especially Jesus's birth stories, in a very different way. Um, there's so many sim- similarities, uh, starting with this, right? That um, where Jesus's life plays off of both Joseph fleeing to Egypt and finding refuge in Egypt and safety, but also why does Jesus need to flee? Why do they have to flee? Mm-hmm. Because the baby boys are being killed. Right. That's the same thing that happened, but this that time it was in, in Egypt. This time it's in Israel where the life of these babies is being threatened. It's not an Egyptian problem. It's no. A, it's a human. Right. It's a, it's a p- problem of those who, who seek and wield power. Right. Control. I'm... I know we're we're chasing some trails here, yeah. but then my mind my mind rolls to Psalm two. Um, the kings of the earth set themselves together yeah. against the Lord and His anointed. Um, why do the nations rage? This whole like, what what's going on within us that this is our our response to life and life together is to to be rough, to abuse, and to try to displace. Um, the image of God from us, right? And right, and for me, displacing the image of God means refusing to live in the grain of love, loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, loving your neighbor as yourself. That that's right. That's how we we bear the image. That's what God looks like. God yeah. looks like this, right? And we don't. I mean, I guess that's stating the obvious, right? It's part of what makes this, it's so hard to follow, to actually follow Jesus. Right. Because it's so countercultural. Like everything in the world says when, when you are threatened, when your power is threatened, you do what you need to do to protect your power. You need to do what you need to do to protect your family, to, do, to protect your land, your property, your whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the message of Jesus goes against that. Right. And that doesn't mean that your family safety doesn't matter <laughs> or things like that, but how do we how do we go about that and what does actual protection look like? Right. 
Does it look like crushing others mm. for our own benefit, or does it look like something else? That's a great question. Look at this. Two words in. Yep. <laughs> so these are the names. Yep. Identity, story, who are we, who are they, um, of the children of Israel. Yeah. Um, maybe just because we're, because we're talking about names, Israel means the one who wrestles with God and human and is able. Yep. We talked about those who come to Egypt, what Egypt means, and then we get the list of the, of the names, right? I mean, right away we go, oh. These are the names, and we're going to get the we're getting the list. Uh, why are we why why do we care who they are? Like, why do we start with the eleven plus Joseph, who was already there? Uh, why do we have verses two through four? Especially when, so for me, I always go to this idea that um, they're not sitting down in front of a computer with unlimited, you know, word letter count. Yeah. Right. Each each stroke on each scroll is hand done. Yeah. And comes with a, all of this layer of like you, the resources to get the ink and to get the the the, the, the scroll material. Yeah. The mis- like you make mistakes, right? Each each stroke is room for a mistake. I know. Talk about pressure. Talk about pressure. And then talk about going... I think this is a healthy way to go. Each word itself is worth engaging with. Yeah. Right? The, the, the meaning, how they all connect together is super important, but like recognizing from a resource, um, there's, there's not really a... Well, right? There's not one stroke that will disappear, how Jesus says it. Not one dot. Yeah. And... So I'm curious if you have any thoughts on why why we have verses two through four. Because I could just, I don't know, I could imagine editing them out. Yeah. Right? It's unnecessary. If you want to know who they are, rewind. Yeah, I mean, we certainly can rewind, but rewinding is also, it's not like just turning a couple pages back. It's digging out a different scroll. This should all have been on the same scroll. Exodus and Genesis? Yeah, yeah. Should all big, be in one big, big, it's a big really thing. big scroll. Huge. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, it would just be like, it wouldn't even be a page turn. Okay. It would be a look, look right. I mean, that's yeah. where that's where this is fascinating. It's like you don't need this information. Yeah. If the information is just who is it, like if it's just a, running a cast of it's stage directions, almost. Yeah. I mean, I think my other thought is just that the importance of the twelve tribes. In who in Israel's identity as a people. Right. So if this is if this is their beginning as a people, yep. which I think we can easily argue that Genesis is about a family, from Exodus forward, it's about a people. Um, that it is so important that they not forget who mm. they are and where they come from. I love I love that. Right, like what's your brother's name? Like remember. Your brother, remember your sister. Right. Remember your... Right. Remember you were connected to one another. Mm-hmm. That's... Yeah. That no matter how many generations out, they are your brother. It's interesting, too. Uh, so the book ends, right? Revelation. Mm-hmm. And when we get to... I'm looking at it right here. When we get to Revelation 7 and then we get to the 144,000 of the sealed from the tribe of Israel, uh, Dan is not listed. Oh, really? (laughs) The tribe of Dan is not listed. I'm so sorry, Daniel. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And there's a whole lot about, you know, that you can dig in with that. But uh, it adds drama. Yeah. And right, if we don't name names, if we don't stop, if we don't repeat things... You know, I think about this quite a bit. Um, so, so preaching. One of the, I think, one of the pitfalls is to think you have to come up with something brand new, right? Especially as we're approaching like Christmas, right? The, m- most of the people I know who who engage on 
telling the story every week. They have, they either still do, or they have at one point felt anxiety over their Christmas, their Easter sermon, because what am I going to say? They've heard it all. Yeah. And I don't know how I've arrived here. Um, I'm, I don't, I guess I've never asked, um, but I, I operate under the idea that people don't need to hear something new, something novel. What we need, what I need is to be reminded of the things that I know that I've forgotten. Mm-hmm. And I, for me, that's why is it not a waste of ink and, and scroll material? Because to say the names of your brothers and sisters, to say the names of your people, to remember who you are, to remember whose you are, to remember how you got here, to remember that you're not the only person in the story. You're not the only name, but but you're part of something that's greater and, and bigger. Yeah. We would all do quite well to remember that more often. Right? Yeah. Me too. Always. Me too. Me too. Uh, what else? Do you want to talk about the 70 souls? Yeah, or? I actually really okay. do. Okay. <laughs> Do you want me to set it up? And yeah. Then, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so in verse 5, uh, there's this weird weird wording. It doesn't come across in our translations because the translators fix it for us. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is helpful when reading it, but sometimes it's also helpful to have the what that you get when you read it in Hebrew. So, um, so there were, it says, and there were. All the souls that came out of the loins of Jacob, 70 souls. Um, the problem with that is that it's not souls, it's soul in the singular. So there's the word nefesh. Um, it can, canon is pluralized elsewhere in scripture. Yeah, and it's so that's what I'm so that's what I'm looking for here uh, in Genesis 36, mm-hmm. 6, when we're talking about Esau, um, he takes the 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 naf uh, nafeshot yeah nafeshot so he takes the plural souls and it's the same thing right it's 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 all of this it's his people he Esau takes his people and so we have a really weird construction right of, of the verb here right because it's in the singular um, in both places both times it appears in this short verse so there were all the soul that came out of the loins of Jacob, 70 soul. So normally when you have a number like 70, it would be plural. Right. So then that's the, like we talked about the curiosity before, that instead of being like these idiots don't know how to make plural words. Right. No, they know how to, they weren't idiots. They know how to make a plural word. word. If If it's like this, it's like this for a reason, so... Let's be curious and wonder why. Right. So, of course, it means on the surface, you know, yeah, tells us 70 that he, people. he brought the 70 salt, like the, right? Like, but the word there is curious. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I immediately think about like all of the, the, the Paul in particular, how he's constantly going back to there is one body. Yeah. There's one faith, one Lord, one baptism. Um, you know, in Corinthians, he's talking about how they're the, we're the we're the body of Christ. Um, that <clears throat> excuse me, right? Uh, it's I mean, it's just it's we see this notion of togetherness, of unity, of communion, of community. That exists here, baked into the language. Mm-hmm. How do you? Well, what do you think? Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to keep going, but no, you can keep going. Well, they're not one. They're not on the same page from Genesis thirty something to almost the end, or even the end of Exodus, or at the end of Genesis, because when Jacob Israel dies, the brothers. Go to Joseph and tell a fib. They they make up a story. They say, you know, like Dad brought. What what is it? A fib? Yeah. How does that happen? 
I don't remember what you're talking about. So, okay. Let's see. Yeah, Genesis. Well, they're, they're worried about, I don't remember. Okay, they're worried about Joseph having a grudge against them, you know, because they put him in a pit and sold him into slavery. <laughs> in the history of all brother and sister relationships, if anyone has a right to hold a grudge, Joseph is among those people. <laughs> right, in the, in the, in the, <laughs> right. in the scheme of his human history. Yeah, Joseph would be, no one would fault him for holding a grudge against his brothers. Yeah, right? okay, they do make up a fib. Okay. Well, I think yeah. it's a fib. Uh, 50, 15, Genesis 50, when Joseph's brothers saw their father was dead, they said, it may be that Joseph will hate us and pay us back for all the evil that we did him. So still at this point, they're not one. Right. And there is this, there is a, there's a... a, a, a self-preservation. Self-preservation. Yeah. I almost said ceasefire, which is interesting to say. But yes. there's this cessation of hostilities. There's mm-hmm. an, there's a... Um, there's a, there's an un, maybe an unstable piece, mm-hmm. um, but but that allows you know, but when dad dies, they they recognize this as the moment when it all may crumble, and there's no that maybe dad was protecting Joseph's wrath right from us, which now right like start, you're like oh this is an interesting thing right like the the wrath is being protected by a person, and now when the person disappears, you're gonna get wrath yeah. And Joseph forgives, right? But they, 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 they aren't yet healed. Yeah, they've been in the process of healing since the famine, which is a hard thing, forces them to confront their past. Right, right. This terrible thing that nobody wants forces an engagement with this broken story between the brothers. Right. That's why they're in Egypt. Right. And so much of it hinges on Joseph's choice, right? Because when they come back, I mean, obviously they don't know it's Joseph when they come to Egypt, but eventually once Joseph knows it's them and he has the power to to make a choice, he can turn them away and make them starve. He can have them send his father, Jacob, and his brother, Benjamin, back and take care of just them and implicate the brothers that threw him into prison. He could get them all back. He could throw them into prison. He could heap wrath and justice on them at any point. Right. He he has all the power in this situation. Right. And what does Joseph do with his power? Well, the first thing he does is he tests them. Yeah. Right? Right. And when he when he and this is like it's like Joseph schooling us on what it looks like not just to forgive but to engage in restoration. Right. And he doesn't just click a button and restore. Right. He weeps, he's obviously broken, he's not vengeful, which which says he's released to me, it looks like he's released his brothers from their debts, mm-hmm. but he's not yet ready to extend them the loan of 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 dependable relationship. Until he has them fill out a few forms. Right. <laughs> they got to apply for it. Right. And when he sees they're trustworthy, then he brings them in. Right. Have you changed? Have you... Right. Are you still the same jealous and vengeful brothers that put me in this position? Or are you repentant? And I love... Oh, sorry. Keep going. No. I, I think it's fascinating that the brothers don't recognize him and he recognizes mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Which... To me, tells me we're entering a conversation about blindness and transformation, mm-hmm. right? Is it that Joseph is so completely transformed that they don't recognize him, or do they not recognize him because their grief has blinded them, right? Because the passage of time is not so great that it's impossible to recognize each other. Sure. Joseph recognizes them. Yeah. Right. So. But they're also all older brothers for the most part, right? So they're more. Many of them were more in their grown form, probably when this happened. Oh, Plus sure, he's I see younger, what you're saying. Sure, because so he's he seventeen might, or whatever. Yeah, he may have had more transformation. Plus, he's dressed as an Egyptian, and plus, they think he's dead. And I don't know. Do they think he's dead? Well, they. I don't know. I mean, I think that if I sell right. my brother into slavery, and it's been twenty years or so, I don't know how long it's been exactly. But they got to think but, about that face every night. Yeah, but I think, I mean, this is, I can tell this random story about my family. So there was some um, estrangement between my uncle and my uh, 
his parents at one point, and there was like a 10-year period where we didn't see him. And then he came back home. And when we went to pick him up at the airport, and this was back in the day when you could actually, you know, still you go to the go gate. You could go down to the gate. Yeah. yeah. He walked right past us. We didn't recognize him. He didn't recognize us. No, me, I was a very small child when it first happened, and I was like a teenager when he returned. But so not a surprise that he didn't right. recognize us, but he didn't recognize his sister or his mother, wow. and they didn't recognize him because 10 years, and he was... Was there estrangement in there too? Yeah, there had been, yeah. you know, and this is, I mean, there had been some phone calls and things like that, but, you know, this is not, you didn't have FaceTime back then. So you right. lived across the country. And so. Well, maybe that's was, the word. Oh, sorry. Keep going. Yeah. There's just, yeah, I think it's, I think it's easier to, to miss hmm. than we realize. And, and especially when you think about his brothers that. Okay, he's been in slavery for all these years. Chances of survival being in slavery sure. are low. Uh, the chances of him being a Pharaoh's right-hand man are impossible. So, you know, you would never, yeah. and I'm like, you'd be like, oh, that guy kind of looks like my brother. But you would think, well, that's, I mean, sure. obviously he's not my brother. Right. My brother's not going to be sitting up in this super powerful position. This isn't how his story ends. Right. There's no way this is how his story yeah. ends. It's ridiculous. Right. The only way that that type of thing happens is through divine intervention. Yeah. Uh, estrangement. Like when I said that, when we were, mm -hmm. you were telling, I was like, oh, that's the word. Because it, it references, again, the inner and the outer realities, right? Like the inner reality of estrangement, that's an inner reality. Right. The outer reality is someone becomes strange, right? Strange to you. They're a stranger. So there's this way in which it's, you know, it's probably functioning on all the levels where we're... Yeah. Mm. Right. But he is dressed as an Egyptian. Right. So, which is very different than, I mean, what we, what we, what we imagine and what's, you know. Yeah. Like a Bedouin. Yes. I mean, dresses they, differently than Right. They were, they were sojourners. Thousand. They were wanderers. They, yeah. they, you know, Egypt was a fixed place to live. Right. And, and Jacob had wealth, but not, not the wealth of Egypt. Right. Yeah. I just imagine dirty and clean. Sure. Right? Like Cinderella on both sides of the story. Yeah. Okay, but so they heal. So 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 Yeah, there's there's forgiveness <clears throat> and healing that happens at the end of Genesis. Right. Which I, it answers this is what it answers the question of Genesis or it, there there are many things going on in Genesis, but one of the primary things starts in chapter 4 with the question, are you your brother's keeper? Um and the end of Genesis answers that question finally. That yes, in fact, you are your brother's keeper. And so many of the problems, if you if you read Genesis through this lens, you can see all this sibling rivalry, sibling relationship. And when we are not being our brother's keeper, things go awry. And in this one this moment at the end of Genesis, there is healing, there is restoration. There is seeing to the shalom of your brothers, even if it takes a lifetime to do. And then the story can move on to be about something bigger. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. I, I imagine the story straightens out, right? They move into one soulness. They move, they move into that in uh, 50, Genesis 50, 20. Do not fear, for am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring about that many people, and I think that's the, yeah, that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So do not fear. I will provide for you and your little ones. <clears throat> to me, that's the moment where the, the movement into, into, into shared life commonness actualizes. And I love the way you tied it back to Cain where we've got Joseph as a better Cain or a better brother than, than Cain. Right. Right. I mean, the, the question in Genesis, one of the questions, big questions is, as you said, like, what a, am I, my, my brothers, am I, am I responsible right. for guarding the life of, of my neighbor, of the person who's next to me, near me, who are around me right. or not? Well, and he, I mean, Joseph is, <clears throat> Abel in the story. I mean, he's the, they literally put him in a trip pit and discuss killing him. Like he's some, he's the Abel that 
survives but gets pushed out. So, well, we're not going to actually kill him, but we're going to we're going to still get rid of him. We're going to dispose of him in some right. kind of way. So he's he is the able in the situation, and then when he's in the powerful position, he there's forgiveness. Ugh. So I mean, it's just <laughs> the stories repeat themselves. Yeah, there's nothing new under the sun. Right, and and. There's a complexity to all of this stuff Absolutely. because is Egypt good or is Egypt bad? Yes, yeah. is right. Is is the promise the land that's promised flowing with milk and honey? Is it good or is it bad? Yes, or it depends. Have you chosen life or have you chosen death? Right. That's all that matters. Right. Um, they each come with their different, their unique set of opportunities or challenges. Like, can you live in the wilderness? Well, the answer is yes. You just need to learn how to live there. So it's not a bad land. Right. Um, and so this is pushing to, to Exodus 3, but there's a, that question Kate asked about the plundering. Mm-hmm. Um, the word plunder there is, it's plunder or strip, but it's connected, it's a, it's a pun with the word rescue or deliver. And so one of the ways to interpret what's happening there is as, a, as an act of deliverance or rescue, as, the, as the, the leavers, as the Israelites, the ones who are not, again, excuse me, not the born from Israel, but the ones who have decided to cross over to leave, go, they take the riches of the ones who are staying, and is that like one final, come with us. These things, these things will fail you, the security, the wealth that you have, right? Like it's the word plunder and rescue are like dancing with each other. Yeah. And so is it a gift to the people of Egypt that there's this one more almost like mini plague or this like little teeny, right? If you were like right on the edge, is this the little of air that knocks you into, you know what? I'm out. <laughs> Ugh. Well, do we? <laughs> I mean, I feel like we. I don't we've... know how long have we been talking? It's a good place know. to end. Yeah, I don't have a, I don't have a number, but it, it feels like the conversation has. Yeah, it feels like a good place to end. I thought this would be interesting to do, especially because there's the the risk of doing this, mm-hmm. especially the way we do this. Which, I mean, we were like Psalm two, like I went to Psalm two. You went to exile, which makes way more sense than Psalm 2, but yeah, like they it's... They both work. Right. There are all these tendrils, these connections, these sinews, right? Like this stuff. Tendrils is sinew, yeah, whatever. Roots. Yeah. There's this uh, undergrowth, this undergirding, yeah, I like, lattice. I like that. And, um, but the risk is we say the same thing next week. <laughs> yeah. Which, again, we don't need to say new things we need to be reminded, but I was thinking maybe one of the practices, especially as we're going to go slow... And we meander is we would we could take a minute and recap like all of the places we sort of the stages of our journey through mm-hmm. the text through these four verses sure. five verses yeah by the time we get to the end of Exodus the whole episode will be a recap and then five new sentences well right how far <laughs> right how far do we get in before we get to the end because right. we actually talked about the building of, of the tabernacle right spoiler alert they leave um okay I don't remember how long we've been going but. It, it, one thought, do we want to do two more verses because then we move, if we we wrap up kind of what's going on with the children of Israel? Or sure. do we want to? Yeah, no. Okay. Because um, then we can start with the with the king or the pharaoh. Okay. I don't know. The that nameless thought, one. The nameless one. Okay. Um, so now Yosef died and the Egypt, all his brothers and all that generation. So they're all gone and dead. Yet the children of Israel bore fruit. They swarmed. They became many. They grew mighty in number exceedingly. Yes, exceedingly. The land filled up with them. Mm. Um, that ought to be reminiscent of something. Well, I mean, you Genesis. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, you've got this, a, a, a swarming here. Yeah. Which were day five? I think it is day five. Um, let me find day five. R- Rashi okay. says, that, so, the, uh, so the, the children were fruitful and prolific. He says mm-hmm. prolific means that they were bearing six children at one time, which, so Rashi's not a dumb person, right? right? So for me, what I hear 
baked within Rashi's comment is a little bit of creative but symbolic language where he's saying every time they gave birth, they gave birth to whole new creations, right? Your, oh, sure. Your six yeah. days and what happened, you know, like, like each birth was in and of itself a massive, uncontainable, possible story sure. of God's... I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because as we know... It's unlikely that women giving birth to six children would have survived. I mean, that would be a sign if <laughs> all of be. them, if all of yeah. them were sex tuplets. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's almost unheard of in nature, right? For women, for like human people, like there are animals obviously who have litters of large amounts of babies. But so yeah, um, Genesis one twenty, God said, "Let the waters swarm with a swarm of living beings, and let fowl fly across the earth." So that that swarm, it's the same word. That's used in Hebrew. Yeah. That um, this idea of abundance. Yep. That te- teeming with life. Teeming with life. The sea is teeming. Yeah. Um, and and that bore fruit. So that's the whole the um, the same day, uh, verse twenty two of uh, Genesis one. Bear fruit that it and may it be filled. Sorry, bear fruit and be many and fill the waters and the seas. So this. He's telling the the creatures to bear fruit, yeah, to to be abundant, and then people are don't told the same thing to fill the earth to um, to bear fruit, and this is what they're doing. So they're they're literally in this moment, in this, these two verses, the people are doing what they were supposed to be doing all along, mm. and it's like the first time that this language is used about how they are how they are fulfilling mm. what they were supposed to be doing way back in Genesis 1 and 2. Uh, I, I'm thinking of, of this question. Do you know what time it is? Mm. Because, I mean, it is a common teaching that Scripture is... Genesis one happening over and over and over yeah. and over again, right? The first, the seven, the six, seven days of creation, the six days of, of work, and the seven days of rest. If you, if you, as you move into understanding what's happening there, like day two is just about separations, mm-hmm. like it's the the creative space, so that there's room, right? It's like the the blank canvas is put up. And you see that happening over and over and over and over and over. You see that it's in Exodus 14 or 15, it's in Exodus 14 and 15 when the water splits and reveals dry land for the people to walk across, right? You have Jesus doing some version of that walking on the water and inviting Peter to walk. Now the water isn't splitting, but it doesn't need to split for God. I mean, it's just this whole. Yeah. So then the question for me goes, do you know what time it is? And you see the people moving to arrest. Like, they're moving to a day seven moment here. And are they, at, is it like, oh, it's day five? Right. But then, of course, you're going to get the whole reset again when you step into the plagues where everything is, yeah, moving. Okay, yeah. can we do that, that recap, though? Yeah. Put a pin in it? All right, so we talked about, what did we just talk about? How would you, how would you? The whole thing. Well, this thing we just talked about, the, um, the, the verses, you know. Six and seven. Yeah, six and seven. What would you... Well, how would I sum that up? I, we see here at the beginning of Exodus that the children of Israel are doing the thing that they are supposed to be doing from the very beginning, hmm. which is being fruitful and multiplying um, on the earth. And now that they have had healing with the relationship between the brothers... Yeah. It, it has opened up a world of possibilities for them to now be fruitful and multiply on the earth mm-hmm. and bring forth the goodness of God's creation to the world. Mm-hmm. And there's this repeating of there's this repeating of the six days of creation going on that we see here again at the beginning of Exodus. Right. We see the beginning of Genesis just in a different format. Yeah. Yeah, I've got we talked about name. Mm-hmm. Well, we talked about we talked about naming conventions, but then we took the naming conventions and we looked at what does it mean to to have a name and to not have a name and to move into that. We talked about lenses, 
for reading. Do you, by the way, I was curious, the inner and the outer or the surface and the, does that seem like a good, is there anything, does that miss anything for you? Uh, not on the broadest terms. I mean, it's, I think there's multiple ways we can go into the inner. For sure, right? Like yeah. the inner has all of these holds subdivision, right? And, yeah. Right. But, but fundamentally it's a surface and, and there even the surface does the same thing, right? I mean, it's, right. Um, yes, we talked about, we talked about that, um, Exodus and exile, that it's a thing that happened and it's a thing that is happening. We're all walking through it. Um, even the, like the, the idea of the, of the verses two through four being, um, not just useless words, but things that remind us of, of who we are, of, of who we are together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we talked about the fun construction of the word soul, all the soul that emanated from the loins of Yikov, uh, the 70 soul, the, the, the singular construction, but referring to, to one, uh, one, one group, but that are many. Yeah. The, All right. So. Yeah. Oh, he's Daniel has to finish it. Daniel has to finish his little uh, clip from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Right, because Sarah does not like when I say toodles. There's a poker. So last night we were watching all of the Halloween episodes of Brooklyn Nine Nine, which is an amazing show. It is a good show, and the Halloween episodes are the best. <laughs> They're the best, right? They are. You are an amazing genius slash detective. You are an amazing captain. Yes. So, Gina is one of my favorite characters, and and I'll just. I'll leave you guys with this: Wendell plus Wendell equals Toodle. <laughs> Does Toodles, Toodles. one doll plus Toodle equals Toodles? <laughs>